When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Three, two, one, we are podcasting. Hello, listeners. I am part of the show, and also part of the show is with me. Other part of the show, how are you? I am... Well, loud. I like it. I, I am. Like it. Well, do you like it? I'm yeah, loud. Usually it's soft. You're all soft. That's what she um, said. You never really get hard. Every you know? damn crazy. time. Every damn time. Okay. Speaking of hard, Dave Canales left for the Buccaneers uh, this this week. So, are you still there? You still with me? <laughs> Testing. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> no, I, I think Dave Canales. Yeah former quarterbacks coach of the Seahawks going to be the OC of the Buccaneers um, is a huge deal because I think he was a really good quarterbacks coach. I mean, he made Russell Wilson clearly better than he should have been. And Geno Smith was fantastic. Yes. And Canals has been with Pete Carroll, I believe, since the Vikings in the 70s. Could be wrong about that. <laughs> I'm joking. It with, just feels that way. He's been with him for quite, I mean, this, since USC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was literally his like, wasn't that his like fourth position with the with the Hawks? I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, I think it's the fourth Third. or fifth. Yeah, because he started off as quality control, I think, or or assistant weight. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. like four or five. He's been there forever, which is awesome. And he's worked his way up, and now he's joining the Buccaneers. And why that could be bad is twofold. Obviously, yeah. it means whoever the quarterback ends up being in Seattle, and it could be Geno Smith. Um, then, uh, you know, they're going to have to start over. It'll be interesting to see who the quarterback's coach is. I'm, I trust, I guess, Shane Waldron at this point to – to make a good hire, or Pete, I guess. I, I wonder if Pete would leave it up to Waldron as far as who the quarterback's coach is. That's an interesting question. And then that I say aloud on a podcast. And then the second part of that is <laughs> maybe Gino's like, you know what? I'm a Florida native. I'm from right outside where Todd is from right now and in, in yeah. near Miami. Yeah, and wa- why not? It's hard. I mean, he's only 32. It feels like Gino should yeah. be like 87 years old at this point, but he's 32. Yeah. Why not just go home and be a Buccaneer would be a good team for him. No, it wouldn't be a good team for him. <laughs> That's you know our what? show. Thanks. <laughs> you know, what? Nope. you know, I was over for him because the good team for him is the Seahawks. Um, it would be a good fit for him for the buck to go to the bucks. It would be, of course. I mean, not only because of Florida ties, but Florida ties. Is that a country group? It is. It is. They're very uh, similar to the, Florida, Georgia border, whatever the hell that band. I like. I follow country, um, but you don't. You, you don't. To be clear, you don't do follow not. country. Neither do I. No I offense to all the country music fans listening. There have been some fine country musicians, but I mean, like one of the greatest of all. It's not a country artist, Johnny Cash. That's not country. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Conway person. Nelson and and Dolly Swift. Don't be putting. Don't be putting dolly in your mouth unless you're gonna sing her praises sir um she is a good person 
Yeah, she's an amazing person. Let's just talk about Dolly Parton for the whole show, <laughs> because right. she's much more interesting than anything we could say. Um, she's better people than we are. And that's all joking aside. She's better people than we are. She's better people than almost every person on the planet. For Not Jimmy Carter. Thanks for Jimmy. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, seriously, that's like some sad, sad crap. It's like, that's some, for those who don't know. Uh, he has entered hospice care at home, which at least it's at home. That's great. But it's like that's, you know, and there's going to be a bunch of crap from alt-right people. It's like, you know. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's funny because, you know, Jimmy Carter being a one-term president, which he, there's no, I mean, how is he going to succeed anyway following the mess and then blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But him being a one-term president actually was a lot better for humanity than it was for the country, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Jim, yeah. I wonder Jimmy Carter and Dolly Parton gotta they've gotta have done something together. An album or Habitat for Humanity. Something. I gotta look that up after the show. I, it would be amazing if their paths had not crossed, considering how, how much charitable work both of them have done and continue to do and and the fact that the bulk of their charitable work doesn't go to employee salaries. True. We can, we can talk and the proximity that. of where they live as well. Yeah. Uh anyway. Were we talking about Gino? I think we were talking about Dolly Gino. Parton being the OC in Tampa. Oh my God! And Jimmy Carter going to be the uh, the Gino's, uh, quarterback. Gino's gone. Gino's gone for sure if that happens. Um, yeah, it would be a good fit for him because they, clearly they need a quarterback because maybe Tom Brady has officially retired since he actually sent in the paperwork and said, "Hey, goodbye." Uh, it's funny though because it really puts the Bucks in a big bind because that's a 35 million dollar cap hit for them yeah and they're negative 55 million right now yeah so i'm not quite sure how they're going to afford gino i mean we've been talking about we're not sure if the seahawks can afford gino and what's the cap space for the hawks like 56 million something like that um uh, less than that it's like 31 million oh, 31 mm. plus oh, in well, the plus but it's in the plus which is a lot better than being in the negative. So I'm really not too worried about Gino going there because they would have to gut that team. But it's and, you know the cap, salary cap is all malleable. Yeah, I mean, but, it's, but you got to you know, do a lot of work. Malleableness. Yes, you got to do a lot of malleation. <laughs> I almost said something else and I didn't because this is a family show. Uh, I to, think you I think you crossed the line there. I mean, now we're being censored. I just got an alert. Oh my god! Oh my god! Live on recording. Case. Let's just let it go. This is the Nikki X edition of the 12th Men Rising podcast. Anyway. It's Dolly yeah. Parton doing Frozen. Unless, you said let it go. Unless. Unless. Oh, my God. Um, Gino going to Tampa. I think that's Hawks, what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless the Hawks offer Gino something like $18 million a year. That's Brian Tannehill money. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what they would be left with if they. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I agree. He'll he's gonna sign with this with Seattle, and he's made that clear. Uh, the fact that he was in the facility the day after the Seahawks season ended, and he was in working out, and he's been there apparently like almost every day working out in the facility. <laughs> like, I don't know. Quantrick tweeted out a picture of Geno sleeping a few days ago. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that. Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, Gino, Gino <laughs> sleeping. So I, I, maybe he's in the maybe he's in the uh, the facilities, but it sounds like he's just keep getting I any don't... sleep at home, so he's napping. Well, I mean, you know, it's like it's free, 
It's like I would assume, yeah. You know, well, I go to Planet Fitness. It's like that's fifty bucks a month. He's got three facilities. It's like as long as he's under contract. <clears throat> Interesting question. When the contract, so the NFL fiscal year ends in March, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're not under contract. And I wonder if it's team by team. So, like, you know, Pete Carroll's going to be like, yeah, just uh, you're not with any other team. Feel free to come in. I mean, he does that all the time, right, with former players. Yeah. I wonder if Gino isn't signed by mid-March if the Seahawks still like, yeah. Or I wonder if it's a liability thing. Like, okay, if you get hurt, then it's. hmm, I'm sure I'm sure they could have him sign a waiver and just like, okay, whatever. Uh, there's no way they would say, okay, dude, you can't come back in. I mean, he's not Earl Thomas. Um, Doesn't play for the Jets <laughs> anymore. Anymore. Oh, jinx. Um, yeah, I'm sure Gina will be staying. I mean, I'm sure they'll work out something equitable. It'll be a little more than the Hawks want to pay. It'll be a little less than Gino would really like. But they're both going to be happy. I mean, even his play did drop off in the last few games. Absolutely it did. But – he was still good enough for them to win if they improve that defense, which was god-awful against the run, and we'll talk about that. But passing defense was excellent. And there have been some conjecture as well. You know, the passing defense, you know, no one threw against them because they didn't have to because all they had to do was run the ball. It's like, yeah, but that's not really the case. I mean, they ran the ball because you can continue to run the ball, but you're not going to win games basically by doing nothing but running the ball. You still have to run still have to throw and they were good against the pass the reason they started losing games that nasty stretches the offense dropped off which back to Gino. Gino fell the team could not stop the run nor could they run the ball i I was looking at that yesterday i was thinking writing some kind of article about like you know why the why Gino may have been forced to to Mm -hmm. have more turnovers and they had that stretch of what week 11 through 15 or whatever yeah and it was like yeah i remember them not being able to run but they literally had four of those. Five. One game was 70 yards, I think, or nine, 90 yards, seven, 70 yards, I think. But every other yeah. game was under 41. It's like, meh. so Geno's having to throw passes that he's no quarterback but, would be comfortable with. But they chose not to run the ball. That's the thing. I mean, there were games. That, yeah. I don't know but how many games. Walker was hurt, banged up. I mean, they didn't have anybody who you could really count on either. It's just, a, I mean, not for that entire stretch. There were so many games when they didn't even have 20 carries. And I don't have it in front of me, but I mean, and, and this happens. I've got it right year. in front of me. They ran the ball 35 times in each of those games. <laughs> year after year. It's like we've both written, both written articles in different years. It's like, hmm, for a guy who wants to do nothing but run the ball, that's supposed to be Pete ball. Like they sure as hell don't run the ball much, do they? Right. And every year it's like the same thing. It's like, hmm, this is interesting. Y'all mm. want to run the ball. And yet it's like your top ball carrier, the guy who's like, whoever it is, whether it was Carson or Penny or now Walker, they're in the top five in yards per carry or they're in the top five in touchdowns, even though they don't get many carries. And it's like, and you're giving them like 15 carries. Right. What do you, what do you, or 11 carries? What are you doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, so they weren't running the ball during those, those games for whatever reason, which still for either way, it forced Gino into making throws that he wasn't having to make before. Exactly, which is stupid on the coaching part. Whether that's Pete saying that, and I don't think it is, or it's Waldron. And then none of those games were they drastically behind where they had to throw. It's like, you know, they might be eight points behind. 
every one of those games, they're within two scores, and you've got one of the best running backs in the league. And even if he's a little banged up, it's like you do have other guys you can turn to. There might be like one game you can say, okay, this game they really had to throw, but not six or seven. I'm yeah, so I, and tired so of that. Gino is he he was very good in that system, but. Mm-hmm. As we've mentioned, he did turn the ball over. The team was scoring less as the season went on. Right. So is it getting Geno back? Is it because it's Geno or it's like, okay, that's a familiar security blanket? You know, I mean, if you added Derek Carr, would they be just as good, if not better, if they added, they traded for, I put two articles, just kind of put them out there because people are talking about him. Justin Fields, Mm -hmm. who is an Ohio State quarterback, so we know he can't throw. So no. Or... (laughs) and I mean that. I mean, we haven't seen. He's great at running the ball. Oh, he's an Ohio State quarterback. I know. It's and I, I when I wrote the article today, I was I was thinking, you know, one reason Ohio State, as opposed to Michigan, because I know you're a Michigan guy, but it still it still comes back to Ohio State does produce some good NFL players at certain positions. Michigan's wow. program, Michigan, puts out a greater overall depth of player. For whatever reason, because they play, they play a game. Ohio State, and you can't blame them because it's college football, and you get paid to win games. Right. They they play games to against inferior competition for in that conference. If they played in the SEC, they'd have to change because they would not be as successful. Whereas right. Michigan probably would because they, it's a different game. So I, there's no the reason Ohio State quarterbacks fail in the NFL for the most part is. They're really not NFL quarterbacks. They're college quarterbacks. They're not. And and uh, my lovely sister-in-law, Joanne, who I'm sure is not listening, but a huge Ohio State fan, in their defense. How'd that happen? It's not oh, their sister-in-law, you said. Sister-in-law, sister-in-law. Um, it's in their defense. It's not their job to produce NFL quarterbacks. It's their job, exactly. like you said, to win college football games. And that's what they're doing. I mean, that's what fits their program best. Um it would be nice for them, and if on occasion they would would produce an NFL worthy quarterback. But and what's weird is like they sure crank out the wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, because they can get the skill set because yeah. that transposes more easily to the NFL yeah. than you know but a quarterback. Funny. But it's funny that wide receivers will go from high school and say, "I'm going to go Ohio State because they always have great quarterbacks." It's like, but they don't. <laughs> but, no, name one. Name one. Yeah, but. Yeah, but they do have great wide receivers, and it's just that tradition, so I guess that's why they go. But you would think they would go to uh, – I hate to say it, but the SEC, which is a more pass-happy conference. <laughs> which which, yeah, which turned out which, to be. Comparatively, it is, which it isn't, but compared to the but Big Ten, it is. Top to bottom, you've got monsters all over SEC yeah. rosters. It's a better conference, yeah. period. Oh, yeah, I but, mean, we can't argue that. Right. So if you're, if you're playing – if you're Ohio State, and again, this is no offense to Justin Fields, he played his position well at Ohio State. And just like C.J. Stroud, I think Stroud can trans. His arm talent seems to be where he could transition to the NFL more readily than a lot of the other Ohio State quarterbacks. But the the thing is, like, if you go as an Ohio State quarterback, you might be playing Nebraska or yeah. that kind of ilk. A lot more than you're going to be playing. Heck, Indiana. if you play Vanderbilt in the SEC, they've still got players. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just crazy. So I, I agree. But anyway, I, I put that out about Justin Fields and like because mm-hmm. people are suddenly he's trade option. 
I don't think I think that's BS. I think the Bears are like, hey, we might trade our quarterback. Maybe we will take a quarterback first. Pick. It's just BS. That's insane. They're just playing the game. Yeah, because there's no way to. I mean, if you get Fields, if you're an NFL team, and he ends up being bad. I mean, the Bears are what they're they're like the Nebraska of the NFL offensively. Yeah. yeah. So he might be better with a different team, but at the same time, it's like maybe they really don't feel like he's going to work out. And if you get Fields as a if you trade for him, the contract that he has is that's good for the other team. It's just what yeah. you give up in draft capital. Which, but which, the, was, which is why they would never trade him because anyway. Yeah. Right, doesn't doesn't make sense, right? Unless you just know, like, well, you get the first pick. If you get Bryce, if if I had the option of taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud even over Justin Fields, I'm like, yes, I'm trading Fields. So maybe that is it. But <clears throat> the other thing is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Who, who can throw and run both well. Yes. He he's not Patrick Mahomes, who is no. he's not Joe Burrow or or Josh Allen, but he still can get a team if healthy, and that's the issue with him. Yeah. Probably deep in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Ravens were headed for the playoffs until he went out, and all of a sudden they're not a playoff team. Not even close. How did Huntley make the Pro Bowl? <laughs> I'm, I'm confused by that. <laughs> Don't lie. It's is is it because he took Jackson's place? I don't remember that. Is that what it is? I guess. I mean he was in the Pro Bowl. Well, Josh Allen declined the invitation. Maybe that's why. <laughs> is it? Well, maybe. But is it like? Well, yeah. But why Huntley? I mean, he's not I, even. I don't. It's know. almost like well, Gino was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to be in the Pro Bowl, but since I'm not going to be there, I guess my Drew Lock will be in the Pro Bowl, kind of thing. <laughs> and, and I'm not even joking. Is it? Is that what happened? I'm, I have no whoever's idea. listening, feel free to, uh, you know, aggressively and angrily tweet at <laughs> me for whatever the reason, because I really I really don't know the reason. And they will too. Even if, yeah, anyway, uh, back to reality, reasonable, reasonable uh, expectations like Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, even Justin Fields. I would still much rather have Geno than any of those guys. Could could Derek Carr perform well? Yes, absolutely. But I don't know that he would be better. And there's no way he'd be better in the locker room. And that's what it keeps on coming back to me is can mm. Gino play in the field? Yes. That's but kind of that, the equal, though. Sorry to interrupt you. But to me, that of the ones we're talking about, Carr is kind of the equal in the locker room yeah. as far as Gino goes. I wouldn't rather have Carr than Gino either because he's yeah. probably taking way too many hits. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, Carr, and I'm not saying Carr would be bad in the locker room, but you've already established this, that this is Gino's team. Clearly. When he's like not in, sleeping. In one year. Well, I... Clearly, I think it is his team when it's not sleeping because they take pictures of him when he's sleeping. Even That's the true. defense does. Like, the only time you're going to catch Gino sleeping, ha ha. It's like, yeah, okay. You go, Quandre. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Quandre was like, he was he was on it yeah. this uh, this week. I don't know if you he, – he posted that photo about Gino sleeping. And then did you see the thing he said about Matt Patricia? <laughs> no. What did he so, say about that? Patricia? So Dov Kleiman of the NFL.com, uh, whatever, he said that he, he on the 17th, so just a couple of days ago, he actually oh. tweeted out, in 2017, the Lions decided to hire Matt, uh, Patriots DC Matt Patricia prior to the Super Bowl, then backup QB Nick Foles gained 538 yards and scored 41 points in that game. Detroit went ahead and hired him anyway. It was a disaster. Hopefully Cardinals don't have the same fate with Jonathan Gannon. And then, so, so Diggs took that and retweeted it and said, as long as Gannon respects his player players 
and not be an asshole, he'll be better. Ooh. <laughs> Which, again, that comes back to why most players love to play for Pete. Yeah. 100, oh, 100%. Right. Because even if Pete disagrees with him, I don't think Pete ever makes I, – I don't recall any player calling Pete an asshole. I'm not respect. I mean, maybe maybe it happened with Earl. Uh, yeah, Earl or somebody somebody like that, but somebody who has just had issues unto but, themselves. But even Michael Bennett would, you know, it's like he wasn't into the rah rah kind of stuff. It's like, but I don't recall him ever saying anything about Pete's character. Totally different situation. And I can see if you're not the kind of person who's into the super everything's going to be great, optimistic stuff that Pete is. Of course, the difference is, is Pete doesn't just say that. He works to achieve that, which is right. a big difference. But that's totally different from just call, <laughs> calling someone <laughs> an asshole. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't see the point in getting Derek Carr for the same money that you'd pay to, to keep Geno. And that's the issue for me. I don't see – Lamar Jackson – if you can get Lamar Jackson for the same money as Geno, you know – I mean, Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback. I mean, as much as I love Geno, I don't think there's any way around that. He's a better quarterback. He can throw just as well, and he's much better on his legs. Not that Geno can't move. Obviously, he's shown that, right. especially in key moments. Yeah. And he seemed to get but nobody back. moves like Jackson, right? Except Michael Vick, maybe. Yeah. A young Michael Vick. Yeah. So, or maybe today's Michael Vick. I don't know. I haven't seen him. Possibly. It's like as long as he ain't running from them dogs, I think he's just fine. Um, or today's O.J. Simpson. I mean, it's possible. It is possible. He's pretty fast. You got to run from somebody. Surprised the Broncos didn't pick him up. Um, <laughs> change their burning uniforms to all white. Uh, Jackson or would orange be intriguing, but I don't know that they could get all Jackson white. for the same. No, white. no, and that, that's that. the that's the drawback, right? Is that right. with Jackson, it's like I think the franchise, the exclusive franchise tag, gets weird with franchise tags. So you can have a non-exclusive and exclusive, right? Um, which is means you franchise tag someone, but they can still negotiate right. for non-exclusive. Exclusive, they can't negotiate. So the exclusive franchise tag for a quarterback in 2023 is expected to be $45.25 million. So chump chain, basically what you and I make for this podcast. Pretty much. Yeah. So we could pay them, but most other humans could not. So, no, I mean, I'm just in, in all seriousness. Yeah. That's just dumb to add one player who would, take up right. i mean even if he doesn't get franchise tagged he's still gonna make 40 million bucks at least right exactly. a year which is why one of the reasons they moved on again from russell wilson because that's what they're gonna have to pay russ and they didn't want to devote that and he sucks well <laughs> now yeah and that'll be really interesting to watch is like how he plays and now we don't care how the broncos plays like hey man yeah. go 17 and 0 let's play in the super just bowl. don't that'll win the fun. super bowl that's all i ask Oh, we'll beat them in the Super Bowl. That would be awesome. Yeah, well, but, that would be best. But as long as they don't win the Super Bowl, I'm, I, just because it's like a – Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just don't want to hear him. His, I would love to see Russ bounce back, cash. throw for 45 touchdowns, nine picks, 5,000 yards, finally get an MVP vote, let alone win the damn thing. He's not Geno. Yeah, he's not Geno. Um, that, that would make me happy for him because even though, you know, I don't think he's a bad dude. It's like – I. He's wired a little differently and not in a bad way. It's just different. You know, he's like super corporate speak man. And hey, if, if he gets three MVP votes next year and puts one of them into his foundation, that's a win. 
<laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah, that's a win. But I would much rather they keep Gino than spend the same amount of money for someone like Derek Carr. And they can't really afford to spend what, thirty percent more, half again as much more to for Lamar. Is that, is that uh Russell Wilson? talking to you in the background a very high-pitched sound is that him is that what he sounds like in real life the mockingbird actually which which is appropriate um quite appropriate actually i don't know maybe it's an egret i am in florida after all anyway yeah i would just rather they keep gino you know unless unless he's looking for 40 million in which case it's like yeah you know what we got drew lock we're gonna draft a quarterback in the first round we got the fifth pick and go ahead do that because Obviously, that bird is is completely disagreeing with what you're saying. Like, I haven't heard the bird at all, but you start talking about this and the bird's just like, no, no, this is effed up. No. See, yeah. now when I'm talking, that it bird, doesn't make any noise. Bird's a Ryan Tannehill fan. What do you expect? How awful would that be? To get Tannehill to see him? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you want to win games in the regular season and then have somebody throw three interceptions in, uh, as a number one seed, that's your guy. Um, speaking of of guys, not a bad call. Yeah, you know, the car the Cardinals. I didn't realize this. I knew they hired all their new coaches. Yeah, but um, it looks like they uh, Petzing, I guess, is the offensive coordinator's name. Um, and this is a tweet from a fan side guy. Cardinals are going to have a very young staff. Both coordinators and the head coach have zero experience in those roles. What is wrong with the Cardinals organization? Okay, you know what? Kingsbury did not work out. Let's hire a bunch of people who have never done that job before. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll work. (laughs) Maybe it'll work. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully it won't. I kind of doubt it's going to work for all three. What are the odds that all three of them that will work? Like zero. Zero chance of that. It just doesn't make – it just does not make any sense. Yeah. Um, It's a horribly run organization at this point. Could be worse. Could be the commanders. Um. A horribly owned organization, to be more accurate. Right. I'm. It's interesting that Eric Bieniemy. I know we'll eventually talk about the Seahawks again. It's interesting that Bieniemy made the lateral move, and you know, I was thinking first, why on earth is he doing that? And I don't remember. It was in a tweet or something like that. It's like, it looks like he wants to prove that he can win, that he's effective without Andy Reid. Without. Yeah, can't blame him for that. Which makes sense because if he can succeed with the Commanders. Okay, right. dude, you're a head coach. Although, realistically, I'm thinking if his skin tone was a little different, he would have been a head coach anyway. Well, yes, and, and normally I would agree with that and do a degree. I do agree to that as much as, like, I would say Rihanna's baby is making the Super Bowl before the Cowboys. But, you know, it's, <laughs> when it comes to Bianami to specifically – I think the issue is he, Andy Reid calls those plays. Andy, it's Andy Reid's yeah. offense. Yeah. It's you know you could maybe plug and play another offensive coordinator because of Mahomes and because of Andy Reid. It, it, I hope he does well. I mean, I hope yeah. the quarterback who they're talking about starting next year balls out because I'm a Carolina guy and they're talking about playing Sam Sam Howell at starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good he'll he'll be doing that. I hope he does well. And I hope the enemy does well. I just that's such a tough being offensive coordinator and with the chiefs is like being vice president of the United States. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So I can see where he felt or 
let's put it this way. I don't think he felt he needed to prove himself, but the league felt he needed to prove himself. And that makes sense. I get it. But and I it, bet he wouldn't have done it if Andy Reid didn't say you should do it. Because uh, Andy Reid's good, good I with his that, guys. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Andy Reid is. There are too few coaches like Pete Carroll. Andy Reid is one of them. I mean, for sure. He's very, he's very, very good with this, with this staff, this players. Commanders called Andy Reid and said, "Hey, what do you think?" I'm sure Andy Reid said, "Hire this guy." Just like when the Buccaneers called Pete Carroll about Canales, "What do you think?" Hire yeah. this guy. They're both I, those kind of guys. I'm curious, and I don't know, and you may have seen it offhand, but I hope he got a big pay bump for being OC at the Commanders. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen the contract. It's, it's the same thing, but I was like, dude, I hope so because. He should get some kind of a reward other than just, oh, I'm going to go work for this other company doing exactly the same damn thing. And obviously it's a big challenge, big challenge. And I'm sure that's part of it that he appreciates because it's like, OK, what more can I do with the Chiefs? Right. I mean, yeah. that's what you appreciates about him. Andy yeah, Reed, I, uh, I he's agree. a thousand years old, but but <laughs> he's isn't he like 10 years younger than Pete? I was about I mean, to it, say, I got to look it, that up. He is older, but I'm not sure how old he is. It, it just seems like he's been around forever. Yeah, I think he's only like 62 or 63. He's 40, so. 42 years old. No, <laughs> he's uh, six, 64. 64. So yeah. he could. Seven he years younger than Pete. He could easily coach another seven, eight years. Easily. And there's no reason for Biennemi to hang around in Kansas City waiting for the throne. That's That would be stupid. So I totally get that he moved on, but I hope he got compensated well. Right. Because he deserves it. I mean, and now he can prove. It's like, hey, it wasn't just, it wasn't just the donut man. And you can figure out which one is that because I'm sure Patrick Mahomes puts away a few donuts too. He just looks do like you, a guy who would like donuts. Do you know who, uh, who, I didn't know this, Andy Reid, who he got his start with? Newt Rockney. Lavelle Edwards. <laughs> really? Like that guy is still... Which completely makes sense. That's a basically a BYU offense that he runs. Yeah, yeah. It does make sense. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have one of the Detmers running it. He's got this, this yeah, Mahomes guy who isn't any good. True. Sneaks by on his on his Kermit the Frog voice, I guess. Yeah. So, so now that we're talking about the Chiefs, let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Just a little bit about the officiating. How did you like it? Well, I... I thought the officiating um, – so I missed the first five minutes of the Super Bowl because I was watching – because it was not involving the Seahawks. And I was watching the Stooges, not the not the trio, but the group documentary, which was really good. Jim Jarmusch did, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So there you go. But then when I turned it on uh, – no, no. So the the issue – and that that's all true. But the issue I had with what happened at the end with, with the holding call – Yeah. Um, and I'm, they call it holding, not pass interference, because I've seen some people say, well, you wouldn't have ever caught the ball. Well, they didn't call pass interference. They called holding. And that's exactly. different. Exactly. But the issue I have with it is, did he, did he hold him? Did he hold, yeah, of course. But you see that a million times in mm -hmm. every game, and it's not called. And, and the issue I have with NFL officiating is that they called it then. They hadn't called it at all the whole game. They don't regularly call it until it's the very end of the game. And that that changed the game because, yes, would the Chiefs probably have gone on and kicked the field goal? Yes. Would would whoever they were playing, I can't remember who they were playing. Who was the other team in the Super Bowl? The the Redskins, right? The, the Browns. Yeah, the, the Browns, yeah. So would Jim Brown have – no, I'm just kidding. So, But would the Eagles have – they would have had a minute and a half left. They don't need to score 
a touchdown, they only need a field goal to tie it to send it to overtime, which would have given them a ton more time than, what, 11 seconds? That changed the scope of the game because of when it was called. Was it a was it a call? The, the other issue I have is, did he hold yet? Did it have any literally impact on the play? No. He If he had not held that pass, would it, it didn't throw it off. It wasn't such an egregious hold that it impacted the route so much that Mahomes was like, I just got to throw it away. Nope, nope, nope. That's not what happened. Was it a hold? Yes. And I really liked how it was Bradbury, right? The hold yeah, was on. Yeah, Bradbury. I like how he he came out and said, yes, it was a hold. And and I think the reason he did that was because I play in the city called Philadelphia where they burn everything to the ground. If I come out and say, yeah. no, that was a horrible call, he actually did the best human thing he could do and say, yep, it was a hold. Because technically it was, but they don't call it regularly until it's the very end of the game. And, and that, that changed the end of the game. And that's exactly that. I respectfully disagree because just because they didn't do their job for most of the game and they didn't, you know, they made – a horrible call on a catch for the Eagles that wasn't a catch. They made a horrible call on the Eagles that it wasn't a catch. And their official up in New York who like who sits in and says, okay, this is why they called this. He's, he literally said when Devontae Smith was like, had the ball, and <clears throat> I, my name, I blanked out, the Chiefs linebackers hit him immediately. Oh, yeah. Stripped the ball, and it would have been a second fumble pick six, fumble recovery, pick six. Um, he said, well, because he didn't take a third step. It's like, dude, that's not the rule. That is an example. He didn't make a, of the he didn't make a football move. I, 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 you and I come from the same. We're both old enough to. But he did. He caught the ball. And I, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I disagree. Do I think it was a fumble? You and I are both old enough where we come from. We started watching football 70s and before, right? Yeah. That's a fumble. That's period. End of story. Right. But because the way the rules have changed, now you have to look at it like he didn't make a football because he didn't really make a football move. He should have. He had the time, but yeah. he didn't. But to me, it is a football. And, but you just said it. That's actually in the rule book. If he makes a football move or has the time to do so, it's literally in the rules. But they're saying he didn't. And I can see that based on the, on the weird rule. But he did because he starts I don't to think he turn. Did. No, I don't think he did. I don't he think he, I honestly don't think he did. I I was not for either team. I I, I thought either. the officiating was bad, and I I really loved how they kept going to the the NFL officiating guy they have, yeah. and and he's like almost everything he said was like nope, and then they did the opposite, which you never see. Like okay, well I right. guess I was wrong. When I think he's right on most of that, I do think, but the but it still goes back to they weren't there's. The reason it bugs me is because they waited until the end of the game to make that call, just like they did the previous year with the Bengals and the Rams. They started calling stuff yeah. all of a sudden that they didn't call. And, and to me, it's, we're but both again, huge baseball fans. And just be consistent, and that's right. not being consistent. If, I, if it's a ball three feet outside and you're calling it a strike, call it a strike every game. You can't switch, oh, it's the ninth inning, game's on the line. I'm gonna st-. That's exactly what happened. They started calling it a strike, and it wasn't. I agree Compared to everything else they had called. But you're also saying that until the end of the game, then they start calling it. And that's when they called it. So in the overarching concept, they're consistent. And he admitted it was a hold. And he held it was, twice. It's inconsistent because they didn't call it he before that. He held it twice. There's yeah. Two, there's I mean, two even. Holds. He had, yes. There's two holds. Uh, and to me, it's like, okay, you weren't doing your job. So you never do your job. It's like, that's the time you should do your damn job. But the whole thing is like it changed the game. It's like, 
didn't they have like two wide open receivers that were open by like 15, 20 yards that literally walked into the end zone? No, yeah, I, I agree that what happened at halftime and this this is a whole different situation. But we could argue what happened with the Falcons and the Patriots when all that money went suddenly on the team that ended up coming back to win the game. Yeah. Something happened at halftime and that didn't happen. It, that was I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm not saying that. But yeah. strange things happen in the NFL that don't happen in other sports. That's true. But let's move on from. OK, so they make the call. They get a first down. Incorrectly. Incorrectly. McKinnon is about to run in for a touchdown. The Eagles obviously slow up. They let him go. They let him go down and run out the clock. It's like, why weren't the Eagles pursuing to knock him out of bounds and stop the clock? I. They were hoping he would just run in for a touchdown, thinking he was going to be right. some, some stupid idiot, which – I don't remember which player that was that ran in and took the touchdown instead of a drop, like you typically see running backs who have. That actually happened in the Carolina Appalachian State game earlier this year, or in the beginning of the season. They they ran in for a touchdown and actually gave Appalachian State a. Yeah, and and, and this is off script, but Greg Olson actually, who I don't really care for so much, he actually made that call before that yeah. happened. He was like, "This guy needs to go down." Greg Olson is terrible at his job because anybody who knows football makes that call. Anybody knows he should have. But then you, again, like you said, that doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't so always happen. But he, he, doesn't, he doesn't get credit for saying it's like, oh, look, the sun's going to come up. No shit, buddy. I'm aware of that. I'm aware that this guy the sun doesn't always come up. But <laughs> but why weren't the Eagles aware of that? That cost them the game. The fact that they stopped pursuing. They had a chance to knock him out of bounds and stop the clock. And they just coasted, hoping he would be stupid and greedy and go into the end zone. Why would he do that? That defense. But they still would have had time. They still would have, even with that happening, they still had time. You know, yeah, they, they would have had time if that call isn't made. Yeah. And again, I'm not, maybe they. To, to me, it's know, completely on the Eagles defense. They screwed up. Oh, I agree. Horribly. That, the Eagles and sucked. Gave 14 the points. And, oh, I 100% agree. And, and then they let them, they let them just run out the clock. They allowed yeah. that to happen. That yeah. has nothing to do with that call. Yeah, a minute and a half left. Oh, man, you got time to come back. You got time to kick a field goal and send it to uh, – yeah. look. And if they had knocked McKinnon out of bounds, they would have had a minute and 15 seconds left. Yeah. And they didn't do it. It's like there's no way the Eagles can cry about it. And I know some Eagles fans are. But, Brad, like you said, Bradbury owned up to it. It was a whole – He did, but, I, again, I think he was and, doing the right thing. And I agree. He did the thing any – person with any fucking integrity does he says it's like that yeah, i blew it well yes but that says, doesn't as we know that says, doesn't always happen to your point it doesn't and it should and more power to him and to, to your point he said that you know i'd been doing it during the game they hadn't been calling it i hoped i could get away with it again you know and someone said it's like oh shushu shushu <laughs> schuster smith didn't even complain about it it's like because he had been and he finally gave up Mahomes complained about it immediately. He pointed to it. I was like, so don't act like, oh, he didn't think it was a hold. He he knew it was a freaking hold, idiot. Was it a hold? Yes. And that that part I'm not arguing. They yeah. just had not called it, and they called it at the most important moment you could call it. So that's and and again, I'm not saying it's rigged, but we no. have all seen you and I have been around long enough, especially NBA 
it's all player centric. But we're seeing it start to evolve that way in the NFL because, hey, who would the NFL rather win? Would they rather have the Chiefs win or the Eagles win or would they rather have Patrick Mahomes win? And Patrick Mahomes won the game. Patrick Mahomes totally won the game. That And what I'm saying is like they. And the Eagles let it happen. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, he's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. I've seen some like, oh, he played the game of his life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but he, people are not talking about the fumble he had right. enough. It's like, that was a horrible play. You shouldn't ever make, you didn't get touched and you fumbled and they ran it back for a touchdown. Nobody's like, oh, it's like, we're giving Jalen Hurts like the benefit of the, oh, it's like, oh, okay, well, he played a great game. Well, yes, but he made a huge mistake, which make- led to the Chiefs coming back. The Chiefs had, what, four possessions they scored on all four. And they had they chosen, they could have scored a touchdown on that last possession. They chose not to, to run out the clock. Yeah. You know, it's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if, Eagles, if Hurts doesn't fumble, that yeah. the game, the Eagles might win. Yeah. But, I, I, again, it, it, it just bugs me because it's like PTSD from last year with the, with the Rams and the Bengals. And we see that more and more in playoff games and Super Bowls where it's yeah. like. Okay, this stuff's not – I mean, last year was ridiculous, right? Like yeah. you – they how many calls did they have in the last two minutes of that game that never were called? That's yeah. the issue. Just call it the entire – if you have to throw 17 flags in the game and be like, this is – then do it. But don't not do it and then call it the most important moment. And then, oh, yeah, it's a – but you could call that on almost every play. And they chose to do it then. That's what bugs me the most. It's we not will- who won or anything. It's just that's when they called it and they had not called it. We can definitely agree to agree. I hate that whole thing. Let's agree to disagree. It's like you can't agree to disagree. It's like that's stupid. Like, yeah, I agree. The officiating could have been much, much better. Overall, yeah, they shouldn't have called that play because they hadn't been calling it. But that didn't change the game because the Eagles were getting their ass kicked in the second half the entire time. They still could have had time to come. Yeah, they could have. What I I was going to say is, to to finish the thought a minute ago. But what they had let's (laughs) Right, right, right. That's what I was about to say. So a minute and a half goes, they have the ball. Mm-hmm. I will say, at least they would have had the chance to do that, first mm-hmm. of all. But secondly, do I think they do that? No, because they hadn't. But right. it took away that chance that they – and plus the drama that would have been built was like – because the game ended up with no drama. And, and and lastly – And to me, that goes to the whole thing is like – sorry to interrupt, but that goes to the whole thing is like, oh, it's all scripted. I know You're not saying that, but some people no, are. No, I'm not saying If that. it was scripted, yeah. they wouldn't have called that, and they would have had the drama. It's like clearly it's not scripted. Yeah, and they would have like been scripted. Super Bowls ever, ever. It was a horrible but script if it was. The, Eagle, the Eagles weren't going to come back because they hadn't been in the second half, because all of a sudden the, the Chiefs' defense was like playing on fire, and the Eagles' defense it's like they could have gone down and scored, and then the Chiefs probably would have come back again. It's like the Eagles hadn't Possibly, stopped yeah. them in the entire second half. They didn't stop them once, not once. Which why, why I mean, that, they, that could go into the whole scripted thing. Why were they stopped them? Then they weren't. I, I'm yeah. I'm not making that argument, but I could see somebody who right. is in that kind of conspiracy theory yeah. thing it's do that. Scripted, but they need and I don't know how many times they yelled at the TV because which is silly because the TV doesn't listen and doesn't transport that to the NFL. <laughs> it's like, can you please pay the officials a full time wage? And yeah, make oh yeah, full-time course. employees, so we actually have good officiating, consistent yeah. officiating. As we've said before, because they blew so many calls. They do all year long. All year. And, and, and a, a league, a sport that makes this much money compared to not soccer so much, but any other sport, 
Yeah. And you, you're choosing. I mean, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it could be like, well, why are they not choosing to do that? Hmm. I mean, that is weird. When, of course, this is the I NFL. Mean, I, I wanted to finish with this thought on the on the last drive um, that the Eagles had. That Jalen Hurts throw was possibly the worst attempt to get it to close to the end zone that I've ever seen from an NFL quarterback. He, how far did he throw it? Thirty-five yards. It had to have slipped from his hand. It you had think so? I, I didn't see it. Maybe it did, and I just didn't see the replay. But I'm like, that is. I haven't awful. watched the replay either, but yeah, that's. <laughs> It had to have, I mean, and there was nobody on him. Obviously, they had a three-man rush. <laughs> like, I, it had to have slipped from his hand, or he slipped, on, or maybe he slipped on that so icy turf. I mean, a, another thing we hadn't even touched on is like, really, you installed that turf two weeks before the Super Bowl? You thought that was the right thing to do? Yeah, I saw that. I, Iowa Good job, State. Good Iowa job, State, NFL. I think, is the one that came up with that turf, and the issue they were saying was. That wasn't the turf itself. It was the top of the the grass wasn't uh, improperly installed, which made it really slick. <laughs> and you'd think it, it, the NFL would be like, again, it goes back to the officiating. Why are they not full-time employees? It's like, why is the NFL spending all this money and they seem to miss the little things? Yeah. And this eventually, which, they've which, got an, they're a very arrogant the league, and this is eventually going to cost them fans. Yeah. And yeah. they'll be like, back to behind hell the nba probably at this point not baseball but they'll end up being the second you know 30 years from now like oh the nba is oh, the nfl what happened well you made some stupid decisions that's Personally, why. i hope it's lacrosse uh yeah i have no idea why you install new turf that's the summer the sport in canada that is the summer sport that's, in canada. A, that's why hockey exists all two weeks all two weeks of it oh you, my, you well, know that right as, as a future canadian you know hockey exists because of lacrosse right when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm aware that hockey exists because of lacrosse. Okay. I just want you to, I don't want you to get up to the great, great North. And, how, how great would Jim Brown have been as a hockey player? Would have been a bad. Surely he played hockey. Badass. Well, I think he played, he played that one year for the Maple Leafs and had like 52 goals, but his team lost to, uh, I think it was the Canadians when they had Bo Jackson and he had 52. <laughs> Bo don't know hockey. I think that was it. Right? That would be about the only thing Bo don't know. Be, I think I, that's what he said, right? In one of the commercials, Bo don't I, know hockey. I think that was one of them. Was the, I don't some random sport. Not that hockey is a random sport, but I mean no, compared, no. compared to like, oh my lord, how much ice do you have in Alabama? Right? So. Yeah, exactly. It's in a glass usually. <laughs> don't last long even in Alabama. That's in Louisiana. Oh, Jackson, that'd be interesting to have seen him play hockey. Yeah, 
That'd be, that'd be brutal. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Although uh, who's, who's the who's the uh, who's the goaltender? <laughs> oh, I, I think it's Bosworth. No, I'm going to score a bunch in this game. <laughs> a shout out, a shout out to an C work, a C works. Yeah, C works. That's about what he was. A C work instead of a Seahawk. Wow, talk about overhype. That was mm. interesting how one play can change the perception of a player. Because he wasn't yeah. bad. He wasn't great either, which is part of the problem because he promoted himself so much. But yeah, yeah that one. I think play, that was the people like, around him too. I, he definitely did it, but it was the people around him. It was funny because I was putting writing that article about that like went on for a year and ended up with five first five worst first round picks for the Seahawks. Five worst first, say that four times fast. Five, 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 five brought worst. Um, and I, I'd forgotten that uh, five Bosworth. Five brought worst than the Seahawks. <laughs> That's right. Where's my crickets? Um, but uh, <laughs> I've forgotten that Bosworth was a supplemental first round, which yeah. we don't have anymore. Yeah. I don't think. They don't have that anymore, do they? And just nobody talks about it? Surely it's not a supplemental first round now. Anyway. Well, they only had a supplemental draft that only went one round. I think that was it, right? Yeah. It didn't go more than one round, did it? No. I don't believe so. So you're either chosen or you're not. So, but anyway, yeah, he was a supplemental. The Boz, definitely the chosen one, he thought. Yeah. Yeah. Obliterated. Yeah. Which, to be fair, how many people did Bo Jackson not do that to? Right. University of Tennessee. But other than that, how many people? <laughs> 24 did... nothing. I was at, at that game, actually. <laughs> Were you really? Oh yeah, I was. It was uh, when when Bo was playing for. They came in ranked yeah, number yeah. one, and it was twenty four yeah. nothing at halftime. Tennessee, not Auburn. Yep. And, it, and you know it goes back to so Johnny Majors was the coach of that team. You know what Bo right? knows? Bo knows Nayland. That's what. Bo knows. <laughs> yeah. Bo knows he never won a championship. Um, and I like Bo Jackson. He seems like Bo, a good dude. Bo Jackson seems like an awesome person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I know I've mentioned I don't know if I've mentioned it on this iteration of the podcast, and I know you've heard it before. But I was talking to Brock Heward, who does when I when I was in Seattle, I used to see Brock a lot. But um, and people know Brock Heward from Seattle Sports and from college games <coughs> and stuff like that. But he he mentioned that time he he was at one of the uh, these gatherings for some reason, and like Joe Montana was there, it was all these great players. And then Bo Jackson, you know, and, and everybody's like Brock is not Brock himself. He's a very humble guy, 100 um, percent, which I always really uh, appreciate about him. But, you know, as athletes, they're like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm yeah. the number one guy. I'm the number one guy. You know, that's how you have to think about yourself. I mean, you have to think about yourself that way because otherwise yeah, you do whatever. So even if you're Sissy Poss, who's number three in the world or whatever, you have to think I'm the number one guy. You have to have that mentality. So but anyway, they were having this this. Thing. And then Bo Jackson showed up and he Brock was like, yep, everybody looks at Bo and they're like, now that's the number one guy. <laughs> that guy's a freak. That's cool. And that's also true. Yeah, I was yeah. a freak. That guy was an absolute freak. The, the things he could do on a football field, unless he was playing Tennessee. And, and a baseball field. And baseball, exactly. I mean, the, the Spider-Man run up the wall is still just like, dude. With hell? ease. Like, yeah. oh. And other people can do it, and I think other people have done it, but it just – I don't think anyone had seen that before. And like you said, it was just like, oh, what's – oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to slam into the wall, which is what almost everybody does. Says, no, I'll just run up the wall. Yeah, he ran up the wall like the wall actually was in a video game. The wall had become the yeah. ground. He was like, I'm just going to keep keep going. 
Yeah. I mean, it would have been awesome if he just ran over the wall. That's what I was just gonna say. Is like <laughs> grab a hot dog from a fan. Is like take a bite, jump back in. Like, I mean, there's there's video game I used to play a lot. Tech, uh, it was uh, Ninja Gaiden, and there was a lot of wall jumping. Like it's exactly what it was like. It's like oh, I just run up the wall. It's like, dude, what did you just do? <laughs> uh, and and a hell of an arm too. Not like the greatest arm ever, but he did have a hell of an arm. And accurate. Extremely yes. accurate. I, I still love the thing when uh, on the baseball network, I can't remember his name now, second baseman, longtime second baseman. Not Tim McCarver. Not Tim McCarver. Um, no guy. offense to the dead, but mm, anyway. Um, Grateful Dead? Jerry Gar- oh, Jerry Garcia. That's who you're Yeah, talking. Jerry Garcia. And he was talking about how he was, he was running from second. And he knows he's home easily. And Bo Jackson throws Are him out. Are you talking about Harold Reynolds? Harold Reynolds, thank you. I don't Former know. I, blank that. I know, I know, I know. I couldn't blank. I blanked out on Harold Reynolds. He's awesome on that show. I love Harold Reynolds. And how Bo Jackson threw him up by like 15 feet. And he's like, and he pops up and he's like, what the hell? And Bo Jackson just like shoots him, you know, pulls pulls the trigger on him. It's like, and like, and he's just like, son, he said he couldn't say what he said at the time but it's like i could just could not believe that the guy bought got to the ball and threw my it's like he thought he was home easily and he wasn't close yep. he wasn't close and it's like what the hell happened yep. and, and bo's just like ha <laughs> you know, like, and it was a uh, the, i don't know how i started talking about bo jackson but he's fun to talk about but and just like yeah. and again we've talked about this on other podcast iterations but the and, and the Bo ESPN has this Bo documentary and Deion Sanders, now yeah. coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, talked about how when he was um and he's the thing about Dion to me is he sells himself. He oversells himself. Yeah. He yeah. comes across like a jerk. I don't really think he's a jerk. That's just how he's selling himself. I think he's probably a decent dude when it comes down to it. But because based on this one story he was selling alone, which was he was a freshman at Florida State and they were playing Auburn and he'd heard all about Bo, of course. And he was like, man, I'm, this guy gets free. I'm going to chase him. I'm the fastest guy in the world. I'm going to chase him down. So <laughs> Bo, Bo gets out on the sidelines and he's running down the sidelines. And Dion actually does catch up. And Bo, of course, is not slow himself. But Dion does start to catch up with him. And, and Dion just says, yeah, I, I, I was there. I was going to tackle him. And he says, Bo just kind of reaches out like he's and he puts his he stiff arms me and puts his hand on my on my helmet, almost like he's healing me. Like he's <laughs> at church and he's healing me. And he, and he just pushes and I just fall by the wayside and he just keeps running like nothing ever happened. And he and he yeah. said, that's when I knew that guy was a freak. Yeah, he was I mean, incredibly fast. And as Brian Bosworth found out, incredibly powerful. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. He's like Marshawn Lynch, but but faster. But like Metcalf speed. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I guess we should. I should look at oh, what yes. else we we haven't talked about that I've got in the article. Uh, the DK Metcalf, of course, was MVP of the of the uh, speaking celebrity of physical game. Freaks. Speaking of physical freaks. Yeah. And this and he's playing against celebrities, right? And it's like some are athletes, some yeah. are whatever. But some are like, WNBA players, so they're legit players. So. Which is true. And then, but, oh my God. I mean, I assume you've watched some of the clips, right? And uh, you watched have, the yeah. yeah, well, well, three of those dunks were over me. So I didn't have to watch the clip. I saw the ball coming. <laughs> <in my face. laughs> you saw 
more than the ball coming at your face. Probably saw <laughs> probably saw his ankles coming at your That's face. That's right. I saw somebody flying over me. I mean, I'm at the airport. We know we we know the dude is a physical freak, but like, oh my god, the the blocks were more impressive to me than the dunks. And like, oh yeah, what the hell, dude? You kept him tumble all of a sudden. It was like, that's yeah. I mean, beautiful. That's fun. yeah. Actually, I had to look up who the MVP was, or the the not the MVP, but the leading scorer, an actor. I'd never heard of him before. Um, anywho, Ray Allen. So Ray Allen was a good actor. <laughs> yeah, Ray Allen. He was a good actor, actually. He was a good actor. Yeah, exactly. Throwback. Is he in any other things though? Not that I know of. That doesn't matter. At least Woody Harrelson can play basketball. Just That's saying. true. That's true. Wood, the Woodman, the new, the real Woodman, not 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 the pervert who I don't watch his movies anymore, which makes me sad because I like his movies, but I just can't bring myself to watch any movie with the uh, guy from New York, not Harrelson. That reminds me, Kevin Bacon is he in a movie called The Woodsman? Yes, he is. Okay. Um. <laughs> Anywho, it's, it's all about Woody Harrelson. It's amazing. I'm gonna have to redo what we're talking about in the show on the on the article that's about to come out. Um. By so way, I've got a. Quantum Mania is a good movie. Oh, did you watch? Oh, we uh, we watched The Fablemans last night. If you haven't seen that, is that a good movie? It's 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 very good. There's a lot more drama to it, especially near the end than, than you might expect. But but, but, but it doesn't have well doesn't have Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. I bet it doesn't. It has John Ford in it, an actor playing John Ford. That's at the very, very end. That's interesting. An actor playing John Ford. I bet John Ford is kind of critical of the young Mr. Fableman. Who he's, is Fableman, but he's Mr. You know who he is. Spielberg. I haven't watched I, that. I, I'm, I'm assuming this is it really happened. There are a couple of things in the in the movie that are like, well, it, it's it's an excellent film and it should be nominated for Best Picture. Um, yeah. But there's a couple of things that happen. I'm assuming the meeting he has when he's a young man with John Ford actually happens because it's so specific. And Ford isn't a jerk to him. He's just a jerk in general. Yeah. But it's not a very long scene. But what he tells him, you can tell – Spielberg must have thought this has made the biggest impression on me of because it's so simple what Ford no. says too. Now I really want to watch it. I yeah, really, well, I mean, I wanted to watch it anyway. But oh, you really can rent it now for uh, five ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. so. I'm thinking of doing that tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, by the way, on the article, we're supposed to talk about biscuit bingo. No idea what that is. Must have been drunk when I wrote the article. And the other thing is, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Annette Felicello, whatever, whatever her name is. <laughs> Interesting. I wrote that before the, you know, so. Um, yes, we and then, get the five best bands. And then, yes, and, and possibly how to how to make the best sweet potato fries ever is is on this. Mm. And then uh, I do have the five. By the way, I've, I've started making sweet potato fries, so I'll buy the whole sweet potato. Have I no, told you this? No, no. So I'll buy the whole sweet potato. Air fryer? We have, no, no, no. It's uh-huh. it's it's better. So, um, so we have we have I'm some free. friends. We have some friends that own no. our local farm. Donna has some friends. You don't have friends. Well, no, I used to play basketball with it. So um, that <laughs> this is this is way our, way our, different our, than what we're about to talk our, about. Our one listener has, has, has <laughs> yeah, dropped off. I, I've even tuned out. So <laughs> there a like I've heard this. I can listen to before. I just want to write a shot. Now I'm going to listen to someone else's shopping list. That's more interesting. Exactly. It's like, I've heard this before. I'm not listening to myself tell the story again. So, 
No, well, we have uh, the Daniels. Uh, Jason and Kathy Daniels are friends of mine who I've known forever. I used to play basketball with this guy for years. I thought like, you meant the director in, in the actual league. I was impressed. You thought who? The Daniels, the directors, the Daniels. Oh yeah, yeah. So so Jeff now. Jeff Daniels is with no, State of the Farm. So anyway, they have we buy eggs from them every week, and then at the at the Oak Ridge Farmers Market, eight dollars a piece. Uh, I mean it's like five fifty. It's not compared to what you could actually buy, and this is this is real stuff. And then we always get during the season we get sweet potatoes from them. Mm-hmm. So what I do is um oh I was gonna tell you there there's one year. I played on a team with Jason for youth yes. basketball league, and our team we sucked. It was like the worst team. Like we were the we were horrible. Were you power Jason, forward? No, 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 I was, I was, I was the uh, guard. I, was, I, I played uh, off guard. But Jason was, is taller. He actually played in college. He was pretty good. So he was actually a good player. So he would score. I, I, I'm not making this up. We would lose on like an average of probably 70 to 42, like every week. Like we were horrible. Fun. And, that yeah. sounds fun. That sounds like Jason, me playing tennis. Jason so would, yeah, well, Jason, of that 42, Jason would probably have 23. I would have, <laughs> I'm not making this up. I would have probably 15 and the rest of the team would have four or five. Wow. That's so I know. A friend of mine was saying, yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I was talking to this guy who played in the league, too. And he was saying, yeah, he's like, man, your team, because he was on my team. He was like, your team kind of sucks. It's like, you got that Jason guy is pretty good. And you got the guy who can shoot the threes, but everybody else sucks. And I was like, I'm the guy that can shoot the threes. Sweet. I'm the Iceman. I'm the Iceman. Yes. yes. That's all I literally all I can do because I can't jump and I'm slow, but I can shoot the three. Did you wear a Gervin jersey? I hope you wore a George Gervin jersey. Not that, not that <laughs> finger roll. But Jason could do the finger roll. Oh, wow. Sweet. He should have been. I was, I was more world be free than Iceman, I guess. <laughs> you totally are world be free. Absolutely. Anyway, you want to do the intro to the Rob Gordons? This week, our Rob Gordons are brought to you by, what was it about biscuits? Something about biscuits. Biscuit uh, Bingo. Biscuit Bingo, yes. The five best bands I've seen live. Number five is Biscuit Bingo. From, no, I'm just trying to see. <laughs> I've got to actually see if Biscuit Bingo is a real thing. And 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 in no particular order, as we always say. And for me, I went with musical artists, which allows me to maybe go with a solo artist or something, as opposed to officially a band. Um, I, can I can I interrupt you for just a second before we get into it? Hell to the no. So I just realized, as a stupid American, <laughs> that of course biscuits in different countries are cookies. Yes. And there is a massively popular brand called Bingo. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So Biscuits Bingo is actually a real thing because I looked it up and first thing I thought uh, I saw of many, many things. Also, there's one that says Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh Police's Biscuit Bingo raises over $58,000. Not making that up. <laughs> well, there you go. And the other thing, the top one is Biscuits Bingo sold out from Animal Friends. Like, what? Anyway, the Rob Gordons. The Rob Gordons, the five best bands I've seen live this week in the past four hours. And we're not rank- and we're not ranking these as well. No, we're not ranking. They're just like whatever. So Shall I right. start? I'll start yeah, because that way you yeah. can finish. My That's what she said. every damn time. Hall uh, Oats. At the time I went to see Hall oh. Oats, which is a long time ago. I actually kind of poo pooed them. I thought, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go because a friend wanted to go, and I was like, okay, but. 
I have come to appreciate them more and more as time goes on. So now I proudly say, yes, I saw Hollow Notes back when they were still basically in their heyday. Blue-eyed Philadelphia Soul. Uh, say, did you see them in Philly? I did not see them in Philly because uh, if I had, they would have been booed because, you know, Philadelphia. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Hollow Notes. It was an excellent concert because uh, they actually sang. They didn't lip sync like some people will do. Um not typically a concert, but now it was a very entertaining concert. I actually don't remember that well, but they were very good. Because and you all uh, a sworn with uh, with Hall with with Mr. Hall. He actually no. has a good a good voice. Yeah, they both have good voices and they do harmonize very well. I mean, they're like the blue eyed soul version of Art Garfunkel and Bill Simon Light. <laughs> they um. They they were at one point like the best selling duo of all time. It's it's crazy. Yeah, they um, were. I mean, they do that, have some classic songs, and they do have a nice, soulful, interesting vibe. And I've seen a few interviews with both of them, and they're very interesting. Yeah. These guys are musicians. They take it very very seriously, and they may have been kind of cranking out pop for a, a while, and that's kind of what it was viewed at. But I mean, there's a lot of depth. To yeah, and they didn't start off that do. way. And actually, no, the no. song Man Eater is about Liza Minnelli. I have made so that true. up. So true. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, the n- fifth one I have on my list is, yeah, the fifth one I have on my list, I think number one is actually number one, and number two is probably number two. Okay. But the fifth one on my list is actually, I went to Birmingham, Alabama, and it was the Zuropa tour for oh, U2. Nice. And, but the opening band for them, Public Enemy. So, and it was amazing. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Public Enemy had a, they hung a, a white thing on the stage while they were, it was, uh, Bono actually slipped and fell at one point, but just got up like it was nothing. It was clear it was slipping, but yeah, it was, I saw them twice on that tour, once in Atlanta, and I, uh, the Pixies opened for them, and uh, then not too long after in Birmingham when Public Enemy, and Big Audio Dynamite opened for them. So, wow. That was 93, 94? Something like that. Interesting. Very good. 92. Very cool. 92. That was I'm, I'm very jealous of you for having seen you 2 live. And I have a tie-in with that because my fourth, and it's not number four, but my fourth is Bono Solo. And it's just recently he's on a book tour promoting his book, Surrender. And they, uh, YouTube is releasing, has will be, I don't think it's released yet, but they have an album coming out, Surrender, Songs of Surrender. Actually, that's the title, sorry, Songs of Surrender, where they've redone like 40 of their classic songs so this wasn't this was half concert half an evening with uh where he's talking about the basically he it's a biography it's a biography of bono and acoustic versions and of course they're basically solo versions of of these songs but it was an absolutely beautiful beautiful concert very heartfelt very very cool. I love the fact that they had Public Enemy opening for them. That's one of the coolest things about. Oh you. yeah, and they. Yes. I mean, what what big band? Because was well, they weren't a big band. band. It was still just the four people. They didn't have all the brass. <laughs> At that time, would have Public Enemy or the Pixies. It's like that's just amazing. That is so freaking cool. I yep. love that. I've seen the Pixies. Pixies didn't make this list, but I have seen them several times, and I always have to tell people because I've gone with somebody new every time. I literally have to tell them they're not going to talk. Like that's <laughs> that's one great thing about the Pixies is they they will play for almost two hours and it's one song into the next and they all have even at I mean they're older they're around their age actually yeah, a little yeah. bit older than I. Yeah. 
so much energy and it's like they just they will not stop they just literally go from one song to the next um i'm officially jealous that you saw public enemy and you too like wow that's why i mean in a concert amazing anyway yeah and big audio dynamite which i I mean i like the clash but it's just one that's crazy uh number four on my list anyway is is muse and i saw them at the tabernacle in atlanta um and they were this tabernacle's an old converted church and they were super loud and there's just three of them but there's uh, muse is awesome I really like Muse. Um, the most memorable part about the trip, other than the concert, was I stayed in some, I can't remember the hotel, but each floor was, of the hotel was like a different fruit and a different smell. Because when I first got on the elevator, I punched the wrong floor, and I think we were on three, and it was fire floor was four or something like that. And it said, and the elevator said, floor three, lemons. And I was like, what the what the hell? So I, I got, we got off, it smelled like lemons. I was like, I think there's a theme here. So then four was like, I can't remember, like raspberry. And I was like, that smells like raspberries. Like, that's that's wild. crazy. That is absolutely crazy. The that. band didn't stay there. I had to finish that up. So oh, that's that sad. That's very sad. My number three is Elton John. But number four. Number four. No. Oh, wait, you started. Yeah, I started. So it's number what three. What was five? Three. Hollow Notes. Five. Hollow Notes was That's five not a real me. band. I thought that was a joke. That's not a real band. No, I'm kidding. Number three. Number three is Elton, Elton John. John. Elton John. And I saw when did you see him? The worst I'm going to keep time, interrupting you. So the you worst possible time to see Elton John, it was not the Yellow Brick Road tour. It was the tour after that, Madman Across the Water, which had virtually no hits. And most people oh, were disappointed in the, in the concert because he was playing all the songs from the new album, of course, because he's promoting that album. There were some good songs. And he did go back and play, and he played some from Goodbye Yellow Book Road. Uh, so it was interesting. It was a, I mean, it was still a really good concert because it's Elton John, and it was like at the height, I was at the height of his showmanship powers. What decade was that? Clearly, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, or the two thousand. Yeah, every every time you've seen him, um, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I, th- I think he's kind of gone away from that now that we're in the twenty twenties, and now it's more just like he'll sit there and maybe he has funny glasses, but that's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Eugene Levy <laughs> sitting next to him on the <laughs> Eugene Levy playing Elton John. Be, I would go see <laughs> that awesome. heartbeat. Right now, hundred fifty bucks. Yep, nothing. Yep, I'm yeah. paying it. I have not watched the the movie about El- Elton John because I would good. see. Uh, no, I want to see Eugene Levy play him now. I don't, I don't want <laughs> that guy's Wolverine. He's not Elton John. But that was that was an excellent concert because it's like boom, bah, all, all sorts of wild stagecraft. Uh, the songs were only okay, but it was still Elton John. So it was a it was a lovely concert. So but, I, I don't I don't have David Bowie on this list, but but I'm you reminded me of something. So um. Because uh, I, I wasn't able to see Bowie, I never oh, actually. Fine, seen yeah. Him. yeah, he would have been number one. Um, yeah. But uh, but you talking about like he played the hits, so mm-hmm. um, and he was promoting that album. So when Iggy Pop left, and I knew this before I watched the documentary, but less less for life. You've heard that song, right? Well, Iggy Pop song. I watched I watched less the Jim Rome show, so yes, I'm familiar with this. Song. Well, yeah, David Bowie <laughs> actually wrote that song. I don't know if you know that he wrote that song. I didn't know. And he he produced it and everything. He produced um, most of Iggy's first albums, but he probably produced half of the 20th centuries. Yeah, and, or wrote them. Yeah, before Prince took over. Yeah. So, um, and that's not yes. that's not a joke either because he wrote. So, um, yeah. But uh, but Bowie had moved to uh, Berlin to get off his heroin addiction, which he did thankfully, and 
wrote put out an album called Low, which is a great album unto itself. But it's the first of the Berlin trilogy that he had. But he was really good friends with Iggy and and was like writing songs. He actually toured with Iggy. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. But you did or did not? I did not. I didn't. Okay. Know yeah. He. So, but he played wow. keyboards. He he played keyboards and he never came out like I'm just the keyboard player. Like that's what I'm doing. Did he ever even sing backing vocals or just? just he did, keyboard? but he didn't never came out on stage like uh, this is. Oh, David Bowie's with me. He was like, nope, I'm just part of the band. <laughs> that's insane. So, oh my God. so yeah. So when Bowie put out Low, the record company was like, okay, you need to tour with this and you know blah blah blah. Yeah. And Bowie was like, nope. I'm touring with my dude Iggy because he's got a new album out and that's, he didn't ever tour for that album. He was just wow. like, I'm touring with Iggy for his album and I'm playing the keyboards. And I was like, that's one. And just another reason I yeah. love David Bowie as a, as a human being, because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I'd rather help somebody else than help myself. So yep. anyway, uh, three for me is ghost, which I saw last year uh, in Cincinnati. It was uh, Volbeat. And Ghost is just phenomenal. Um, it's a show. I mean, the the songs. This, if I hear a Ghost song, it actually gets stuck in my head. Like I had a dream. I couldn't sleep the other night, and the song always got stuck in my head. I love their music, even though it gets stuck in my head. But I'm hope, also hoping to see them in Nashville in August, I think. But one nice. one of my favorite bands, just very theatrical, very fun. Um, not from Michigan. Um, they're from Sweden. But uh, yeah. <laughs> My wife said Michigan. I like I like the detail. Just uh, just well, because I felt like there's a character in Letter Kenny later on. He's not in it very much, but every line he says, he always repeats the first line, like very fun, very fun, and then he'll say something else. I felt like that's what I was about to do, so it reminded me of that was weird. I've only had the one cider, but somehow I'm going into a dark space. Dark ones. Insider, insider, insider. You know, when you're mentioning songs that get stuck in your head for the past almost the past full week. Uh, one of the songs from it's a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. It's comedy tonight <laughs> has been running through my head. I have no idea why. Did you hear the song accidentally nope. or did you watch? Nope. the? No, I did not. I've watched the film probably a dozen, literally a dozen times start to finish. Cause it's hilarious. One of the best comedies ever, but uh, Mel Brooks have, has a new show coming out. by the way. He does. Any history of the world. Part two. Should be part three. It should be part um, of it. Um, yeah, Mel Brooks is a fairly, fairly funny guy. Fairly funny uh, guy. Ninety-eight. Now, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. He's no, he is no genius of comedy. Mm. Not, not at all a genius of comedy compared to like say Spiro Agnew or Henry Kissinger. But he is pretty funny for an old guy. Oh, I thought, is that number two? Spiro Agnew? The Spiro Agnew. Agnew Live is just amazing. I mean, it's, it's like you got Sabbath. There has to have been a band the, named Spiro Agnew, wasn't there? <laughs> there had to be a band called Spiro Agnew. Oh, my God. I mean, he did tour with Sabbath after they lost Ozzy, and then he was with the Yardbirds for a while after they lost. I mean, Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew is hilarious. My number, my number two, actually, though, is... Paul McCartney and Wings. I was so glad to see the Wings Over America tour. Um, when was that? 70? Were you, late, you were young. Yeah, was late, late. I think it was like 81, maybe. Oh, I was thinking it was before. Know, still, maybe, still yeah. young. But. Yeah, still young. Uh, late Did you 70s. say Neil Young or still young? 
Neil Young. Neil, Neil Young. He's just doing all the covers of Paul McCartney. Steeler Young. Steeler Young. It's like Steely Dan and Steeler's Wheel and <laughs> and Paul instead, Young. Instead of Wings Over America, it was Wings Over Canada. It was just Neil Young doing all these covers. Of- yeah, Wings Over Canada. That would be awesome. But it was a great, great concert. And uh, I mean, they played, of course, their hits. They played some Beatles hits. That they played for like I don't know, hour and a half, something, hour and fifteen minutes maybe, and they left. And then Paul comes out on him by himself with an acoustic guitar, sings Yesterday. I don't remember what else he sang. He sang like three songs. Then the rest of the band comes back out, and they play some more. And it, it was like – That's awesome. Absolutely beautiful concert. But it was like – it was so loud. It was so freaking loud. I mean almost like a Beatles concert would be, I imagine. But when he came out with the acoustic, it's like – Literally, you could have heard, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to say a pin drop because you could have heard an, an atom split, although that would be pretty loud. Um, Adam Sandler split. Please, please, please leave the entertainment work. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing because even now, the dude can still sing pretty damn well. Yeah. Uh, and he's not one of the great voices ever, but he's an excellent – he's a wonderful singer and a, not a bad writer either. But that was a no, hell of a Hell of a band, hell of a band. Man. Just this instrumental music alone is. Yeah. And he reminds me of Bowie, or Bowie reminds me of because I guess Bowie is a little bit younger than McCartney, which sounds crazy to say, but. Mm-hmm. But they both are like, they just like, they're just dudes, you know. They're not yeah. like they don't seem like I am Paul McCartney, which you know, I'm sure no. Paul McCartney. They don't. And it's just like I'm just hanging out. And yeah. that's. That's kind of like I mean I, maybe that helps that you know, he's from Liverpool McCartney and it's just like maybe that's how they started you know it's like we're from Liverpool first of all it's mm. not like we're from London um, which I think may have changed just no, just just dudes number yeah, two great concert and on to your number two number two for me is a legitimate number two is a Wings cover band called Kiss um, no <laughs> it is Kiss but I've seen them gosh multiple times in concert and. The thing I love about Kiss, like actively listening to like, I'm going to put on a Kiss record. Like I could do that. I just don't actively listen to Kiss. I like their songs, but their concerts are just kick ass. And and the one thing that they do, which another band I've seen several times in the last year or so, Slipknot does as well. And I think they borrowed it from Kiss is the fact that during the concert, they're not just like, oh, you're up here worshiping up, worshiping, seriously, worshiping us. It's more like we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And that's exactly the way yeah. every band. I mean, you're not there if you don't have fans. But you'd be the greatest. You could be the Beatles. If you don't have fans, you're not the Beatles, right? So and I think that's the one thing I like about the about Kiss is that they are so they involve the fans so much and they make it a, an event instead of just a, just a, we're up here playing music. So anyway. Exactly. They also they also do this thing where Slipknot does it as well with a different with an ACDC song, but Kiss before Kiss plays every right before they come on you know they're about to come on because they always play the same song, they always play a Who song, and Paul Stanley was asked one time why do you always play this song he was like because who were a better band than we were, and <laughs> seriously wow. and he was like that's our homage to the Who, wow that's that's brilliant. I love that. Before I do my number one, do, are we going to do like a quick honorable mentions kind of thing, or are we just going to hit number one? Your I, choice. I mean, no, Bitch Heads, Volume 3, Greatest Hits, Volume 3 album, that tour. Thanks for, thanks for seeing Debut me. Debut album. Because I was going with Bitch Head. 
but Ju- uh, Judas Hitler, um, yeah. Jimmy the God. Yeah, all the greats, yeah. man. All, all the, the all those Appalachian industrial beings. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just going to jump to my number one. Uh, you probably haven't heard of this band, and I'm talking to everybody on the planet, except for the people who've heard of the band, which is a lot. The Rolling Stones. The, the ro- Actually, they're better than the Rolling Stones. I'm talking about Brewster's Millions. Now, this is just, <laughs> seriously, that's, Brewster, that's a, that's Brewster's, a movie. Brewster's Millions. They took their name, yes, from the movie. And if you look at their Facebook page, which has not been updated in 11 years, because I just checked, because they've not been around for that long. So this is just a cover band, just a garage band. They played in Knoxville in the the Mid South area. Never made it big. They had some Tall Paul. Yeah, <laughs> Tall Paul. Good call on Tall Paul. Uh, they did some original music, and they would play some original music in their <clears throat> in their. Uh, they just played at bars, you know. I don't think they ever even played at a venue which would be called a concert hall, but <laughs> they were excellent. Excellent musicians. Um, we went to see them several times at, you know, like Barley's and just different tap houses around the Knoxville area. But they they went far afield. They would play in Lexington, Kentucky a few times, stuff like that. <laughs> but so they're a cover band, but they were live from Jamestown. <laughs> I don't think they ever played Jamestown for the seven people who would have gone. But an Maker excellent Festival. cover band. By far the be- there's there's a million cover bands all over the world. This is by far the best cover band I've ever seen. And here's the reason. Uh, for one thing, they were excellent, excellent instrumentalists. And it's not because the drummer called me out from the stage and said, hey, Todd, how are you? It's like, because <laughs> he worked at Kroger before he. Uh... Can you grab my flute? <laughs> I'll tell you that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, please tell me that. I got to hear about that. But <clears throat> so went with friends every time. And and they would take a request because, yeah, it's Brewster's Millions. We know a million songs. And it was Brewster because the, the lead singer, <laughs> his last name is Brewster. So that's why it was Brewster's Millions. And he liked ice cream. And I think they did like ice cream a lot. But actually, they like drinks because that's how you would pay for the, the – you would request a song, but you'd have to buy it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Buy, buy us a drink and we'll play a song for you. And they would – Just yeah. don't wait till the end because the song won't sound anything like what you think. <laughs> Surprisingly, they uh, they imbibed well, but they played uh, very well even late in the in the night. So oh. sitting there with a friend, and she says, you know what my favorite song is? The theme song from <laughs> – <laughs> theme, theme song from uh, the song Believe It or Not. Oh yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, greatest, Ameri- yes. greatest American yes. Hero theme song. So I said, and so I said, okay, I'll ask them if they can play it. She's, they're not going to know that. I said, I'll ask them if they, can, if they know it. So I go up and I tell the guy, I say, okay, I don't think you guys are going to know this, but do you know the theme song from Greatest American Hero? And the lead singer says, no, but we can play it. Like we can do it in like ten minutes. I'm like, uh, okay. So they, so they, so they look up, they look it up, and they, I literally, I don't think they'd even heard the damn song, because they are younger than <laughs> I am. And literally, I'm serious. They said he never heard of it. It may be someone else. Well, you hear it once, and it's stuck with you forever, basically. So. Yeah. So they look up, you know, they look up the chords, they look up the arrangements, and literally five minutes later, they're playing a flawless, I mean, That's seriously, awesome. a flawless version. Of that song, it's the best version I've ever heard of the song, and I'd only had like one Black Russian at that point, so it's not because I was as hammered as they were. And I'm like any band that can do that, they're like, yeah, I don't know what that song is, but sure, man, we can play it. And it's like, and completely out of uh, that's not the kind of music these guys would play. I mean, they would play anything. I mean, like the last thing, the last update said we play anything from Lady Gaga to Dave Brubeck, and it's like, and literally they could do anything. That's I'm serious. 
just a Most multi-instrumentalist, I'm assuming. If they can do both of those. Pretty much, pretty much. And it's just, and they were really, really good musicians, and they all are still musicians, all in different bands. Uh, but that just blew me away. It's like, dude, you've never even heard of this song, and you just knocked it out of the park. And it's not like, oh, oh it's a great all-time song, but, but I mean, they did awesome. For, I mean, they would cover, they covered Marley. They covered the Beatles. They covered the Stones. Uh, anything you'd ask. They I mean, covered look, Marley and Me, the Owen Wilson album. <laughs> I believe they could have done it. <laughs> so, I, and honestly, that's awesome. honestly, they do belong. That's my number one live band ever because they were that's just awesome. the most fun to go see. They were awesome. And then that's 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 and a, are awesome. that's a better answer than oh my number one is is kind of cool, but that's a better answer than any answer we could probably come up with because it was a personal connection that you had and an experience which is I mean, all live that's all it should be right yeah i mean honestly like, oh I, i'm I, watching the real stones i love the rolling stones but it's like okay i'm watching the stones live but it's like yeah. okay great but you actually had an experience yeah that went beyond that i mean i never got to see the eagles i never i think really, i did i saw the eagles i know and you hate it uh never yeah. I could have seen Chicago and Earth, Wind and Fire when they were touring together and I didn't do it. And I really, really regret that because Peter Cetera was gone from the band at that point. Hallelujah. I saw but, the, I saw Peter Cetera with, with Chicago as well, unfortunately. Yeah, that's sad. But I, I would go see Brewster's Millions again in a heartbeat. That's who I would take. To, to, uh, I remember one story. I said, oh, oh, flute. Um, got to write <laughs> yes. this down real fast. So the, the, so the Eagles concert. This is went to see the Eagles concert with a group of people I worked with, and uh, there were other people that they knew who ended up going. This was in Nashville, like mid nineties. And uh, there, moment, interrupt for a moment. Was it with your other favorite band, Fleetwood Mac? No, no, no. It was. Uh, I can't. I can't even remember who the other band was, but I don't remember the songs at all. Bay, Bay City Rollers, my, one of, a band I've actually gone to see sadly. Honest to God, I've, yes, sadly. Uh, Bay, Roller, Bay City uh, Rollers does have good use in Love Actually. But um, <sighs> but anyway, so I, I went and, and and met this young lady who I never saw again. And we didn't do that, people. But you know, we kind of made out a little bit without doing that. So anyway, her boyfriend was like the third string quarterback on the Tennessee Volunteers football team. I can't remember her name. I can't remember his name. All I remember... Is yes, no, not Peyton. It was uh, I think Peyton was on the team. It was uh, the what's the guy's name? Cooter. It was his backup, actually. Anywho, um, so so we're all asleep in the middle of the night, and I have a dream. I I, sh I think I've told you this before, probably decades ago, but I have a dream that I tap her on her shoulder and say, "Hey, can you write your name down? Because I can't remember it." So the next day. We get, all go to eat at a Denny's, and I'm not sitting with her. I'm sitting with a group of friends that I went with. anyway. So she comes up to me, and she has a piece of paper, and she says, here's my name and my number in case you can't remember my name. So I'm thinking, I really didn't dream that. I just kind of half awake ask her, can you please write down your name because I can't remember it? That's a true story. The other, the other thing is uh, flute. Flute. Uh, uh, Jason Herrera, you know Jason Herrera. Yeah, I know Jason Herrera. Uh, Four dude. Leaf Pete. He's in the band called Four Leaf Pete, which is an excellent band. And no, all joking aside, um, but they were having a Irish festival maybe three or four years ago, and I went and I was on the second row, 
and I hadn't seen Jason in a while, but of course I've known him all my life, so we recognized each other. But he, he's up there on his band, his, his flute falls off the stage. Nobody would know it. You wouldn't have known it because you can't hear it. In fact, I didn't know it myself. But I'm sitting in the second row, and they're in between songs, and Jason looks at me, points at me, and he motions for me to come up. And I, at first I was like, me? You want me to come up there? He's like, yeah. So I, I, I was like, hey, man. <laughs> like, it's a live show. I'm sitting there talking to you on the stage. Can you grab my flute? It fell down on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I handed him his flute. That's what reminded me. So anyway, number one for me. <laughs> that's true. Donna was can vouch for that. So, but number one for me. So I – the band – probably top 15 band uh rem i've seen them more than i've seen any other band i used to see them all the time in the 80s and 90s um and i've seen them with all kinds of opening bands so but uh, a friend of mine mike and i in the 95 94 95 went to see them in nashville they were playing outdoors and um i went to see them and i was like oh this is cool and we brought a little handheld recording are you still there my uh, maybe maybe okay yeah. I'm thinking about it. Uh, a little handheld tape recorder. I was like, oh, we're just going to put it, because it started raining, we're going to put it right under the uh, blanket. So we put it right under the blanket and just hit record on the whole thing. Now, I can't find the tape now for people that ask now. That was three decades ago, almost, literally. Um, sounds strange to say, but that's true. Anywho, the opening band was this little-known band at the time who had just put out their second album called Radiohead. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, if I still had it, I had a tape recording of Radiohead live just before the Benz album came out. Um, But they were the opening band, and it was like, oh, this band is phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal doesn't really do them justice, right? Like, they are... They're a, a notch above most every other band that ever existed. And I, I mean that musically. Like I'm not the Radiohead is not my favorite band or maybe top 10, maybe. But they're just their their ability and their songs are just like next level. Right. Even beyond R.E.M. And, and I love R.E.M. But but it's just it was weird. It was like I, I saw R.E.M. I saw them with the Pixies a couple of times, some with uh, 10,000 Maniacs. I've, I've seen them with a bunch, but. They Radiohead opening for REM was probably just like that sounds like a joke, but no, it actually happened. So that that's, was my number one. That's pretty crazy. That's that beats KC in the Sunshine Sunshine Band. Sunshine Band. Sunshine. Yes, Bay Sunshine. City Rollers opened for KC in the Sunshine Band, and yes, I did go to that concert, and I am admitting that publicly for the first time ever. Well, I mean, that's what this whole thing is about about coming not, clean. Not and, quite as good as Radiohead opening. <laughs> That's great. Well, Radiohead opening for Bay City Rollers would have been... That would have been interesting. Oh, my God. And then Public Enemy comes in at the end, sings one song. They're done. <laughs> that's what. That's why it's a Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos, as covered by Radiohead. I, I, so one thing we should really look at is, that, like, <laughs> just for fun, is, like, these extremely talented bands. Like, oh, Rush opened for... It's funny, yeah. actually. Uh, I, I think I... I don't remember if I told you this. We'll end with the show with this. Bono was on a, uh, a recent episode of Smartless. I don't know if you listened to it. You really should listen to Smartless. It's a much better show than ours. Well, every show is better than ours. Literally. But, yeah, Bono was talking about, like, oh, you guys, you three guys, Sean Hayes and, and Jason Bateman and Will Arnett, are, you're kind of a band. Did I tell you about this? Yes. Yeah. No. No or yes? For the, fans, <laughs> yes, no. for the fans listening, which is me, when I re-listen and I've had a few drinks, I'll be like, did I? Oh, I don't know about that. So, anyway, he's talking about, 
Bono is saying, yeah, you guys are kind of a band, you know, you kind of the three piece, you know, like the police and kind of like, you know, these other bands. Like he, but Bono said, cream. Just, I don't know if he said cream, but he said the police for sure. And he said, just just don't say you're you're Rush because I don't like prog rock. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, OK, that's that's funny. He's like, the edge likes it. I'm not a big fan. Wow. Yeah, he had to be joking. Uh, no, I think he was 100% being <laughs> honest. He, he was making a ha- he was being a very Irish about it, making a joke about it in an Irish way, which is my yes. family's Irish. I can say that. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I think he meant it 100%. It was just kind of funny. Like, yeah, that's, hilarious. That's, that's, that's hilarious. Oh my god. Nope. Oh, that's that's Murph, probably Murph's chair. That's <laughs> Murph's chair. Murph's chair making a comeback. I had to put Murph, that in. That means he's trying to move in. On us. So I guess that's the end of the show. Murph will take over from here. Thanks for listening. Why are you the worst? Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.